All right, Nick DiGiulio show coming up. Dennis Foley, the author of No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them, is going to join us. Uh, 312-981-7200. We'd love to hear from you. What's your favorite dog in the uh, Chicago area? And that's what's coming up on the Nick DiGiulio show. Nick DiGiulio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio here on a Thursday night into a Friday morning. Um, and uh, we've got some uh, great stuff coming up. We're going to talk about bizarre traditions in the U.S. Uh, Herb Weisbaum is going to join us. He's the consumer man. If you have any consumer questions, if you're worried about scams or any of that kind of stuff, he's here to help out. And Herb joins us um, uh, once a month to, to discuss everything uh the we have some very strange uh news um uh stories that seem like they're the onion but they're not they're very weird um um, and uh, we're going to be talking about some unbelievable weather that uh, and weather records um and we always play back some johnny carson classic comedy uh the johnny carson show you can watch every night on antenna tv and we always play back some comedy bits at 2 30 every uh weekday morning and um, we uh, it's usually some stand-up or some sketches or an interview. Well, we're going to play my favorite, Karnak the Magnificent. It'll be from uh, back in 1988, Karnak the Magnificent, for your classic uh, Johnny Carson. Uh, Tom Hush, my regular producer, is not here this morning. Uh, let's uh, get an introduction to who's producing the show this morning. Hi, I'm uh, Brendan. I'm the new per diem producer here. Yeah. So you are... Uh, you you are how many shows have you produced? Uh, I sat in on uh, Dave Plyer's last week, mm-hmm. and this is my first one. So good luck to you. <laughs> All right, Brendan is here, uh, but Brendan is uh, you know with the regular Friday features that we do. That's Tom's uh, uh, area, and so we're not going to do the regular Friday features, but we will do you big dummy. But the other regular Friday features we won't we, we will not be doing. So there you go. Uh, but you big dummy, that'll be coming up uh, after 3 o'clock right here on 720 WGN. To get a hold of us, you can call uh, the Team Hochberg phone line at 312-981-7200. That's 312-981-7200. Uh, and we'd love to hear from you because we're going to jump into the world of hot dogs. Do you have a favorite hot dog place, a favorite hot dog stand in in, in or around the Chicago area? Uh, call us, and uh, we would love to uh, get your opinion. 312-981-7200. The book is called No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them. Uh, and the author is Dennis Foley. And let's welcome Dennis to the show. Hello, Dennis. Hey, Nick. How are you? Thanks for having me on tonight. My pleasure. My pleasure. So uh, you're born and bred in Chicago. Yeah, you know, I'm one of those guys uh, that, um, you know, as a kid growing up, I moved about nine different times, but always through uh, different parts of the South Side. So, so you're a South Sider. Right, right. Yeah, I live out in the Beverly area right now. Ah, okay. Wow, you moved about nine times when you were a kid? Yeah, you know, I think it was uh, might have had something to do with when the landlord came around looking for the rent money. Uh, we skedaddled out the back door <laughs> and went to a new spot. So. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, so um, you've written uh, you've written a few other books, too, but they're mostly about, are they, they're all Chicago-based? 
Yeah, you know, the first one was the uh, Streets and Sandman's Guide to Chicago Eats. And, uh, you know, I wrote that back. It's funny, you know, thinking of how the old uh, cliche of time flies. But that was back in 2004, and I was an electrician with Streets and Sand back at that time. And, uh, you know, other than that, I had a, a memoir that I wrote and then a, you know, novel uh, about, uh, you know, about a political, a uh, little political novel. And uh, um, that came out a couple of years ago, The Blue Circus. So, yeah. Okay. All right. You know, you, you, I, I think if you're a writer and you're a Chicagoan, uh, politics have to enter into it at some point. Uh, definitely. And that's I, I had a uh, you know, blast putting the Blue Circus together because uh, you know, the cover of it had, uh, you know, City Hall on there. And it was, you know, kind of weaving together, uh, you know, City Hall politics and union politics and, uh, and family life. So, well, there's a lot to go on, you know, in this city. Man, oh, man, the history of the, <laughs> the history of politics in this city is just pretty stunning. Yeah, you know, as a, as a little kid growing up, I, uh, my goal in life, uh, I, I, I would sit around and watch the original Mayor Daly. You know, yeah, yeah. He, he would, he'd, you know, he'd be there in front of the camera, and he kind of ruled with his iron fist. And I'd say, I want to be like that guy when I grow up. And, uh, <laughs> that was my goal, to become the mayor of Chicago. I yeah. never quite made it, but, uh, you know, you never know. But you were, able to, you were able to write about it, at least, which is good. Yeah, right, for um, sure. I'm a lifelong Chicagoan, too, Dennis, uh, a North Sider. I grew up about uh, a few blocks away from Wrigley Field, right on Addison. And, uh, yeah, I know you were. Uh, I, I was, uh, you know, I'm familiar with your story and then being in that area. And I, I know, uh, you know, some great, uh, you know, a couple of my favorite hot dog joints are right around there. Too, Absolutely. So. And we're going to get to that. Uh, so, but uh, let's talk about uh, the, 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 whole, the whole deal for no ketchup. Uh, where did the idea come from? I mean, we're so, you know, this city is so known for, for hot dogs. You know what I mean? And, and it, there, there are so many great hot dog stands. How did you narrow it down to the ones that you got in here? Yeah, and you know what was really strange, though, too, Nick? I, I won't go on too much about it, but, you know, when I, here, I, here I end up writing a hot dog book. I, I started out to write a novel about uh, 19, uh, you know, 1915, 1920, around that time frame, the old Dill Pickle Club here, that was a, a big deal in the city at that time. Yeah. And I, you know, wrote a first, uh, you know, a, a good first chapter, and I'm looking to move from there, and nothing was coming. And then I go out, and I uh, knock down a couple dogs that day, and I said, hot dogs. And that's how, the, <laughs> you know, the concept came up. But, yeah, as far as the different uh, dog stands themselves, um, you know, I have my old faithfuls that I've been through over the years, you know, while working as an electrician with the city. Yeah. Um, I, I went back to visit all those, but then also, you know, I have recommendations from uh, some of my buddies that are big time eaters and uh, foodie guys. Yeah. So I went out to check out theirs and, you know, compiled them and went and did uh, interviews and, you know, just had a blast knocking down the dogs and writing about food. There you go. Okay, Dennis, hold on, okay? Sure. Dennis Foley is with us. If you want to jump in, what are your favorite hot dogs? Uh, do you have a favorite hot dog joint that you go to on a regular basis? 312-981-7200. No Ketchup is the name of the book, and it is the top 50 hot dogs and the stories behind them. More with Dennis Fully coming up, and we want to hear from you. Best hot dogs, what do you think? 312-981-7200. Some when I'm awfully low. All right. When the world is cold. Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, we're live in the Skyline studio till 4 a.m., keeping you company, keeping you uh, entertained, and keeping you informed. 
312-981-7200. That's our phone number, and we would love to hear from you because we're going to be talking hot dogs. And everybody's got a favorite hot dog uh, here in the city or around the city in the suburbs. The book is called No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs, and the stories behind them. The author is Dennis Foley. And uh, let's talk with Dennis. All right, Dennis. Um, you know, uh, the the whole no ketchup thing, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it's. I've, I've often been quoted as saying this. If uh, anyone over six puts ketchup on their hot dog, they should go directly to jail. <laughs> I'm with you there. I mean, I know... Uh... You know, a lot of people don't like the uh, like the so-called ketchup police, but uh, you know, when it comes down to it, if um, you know, once you put on those, what I refer to as magnificent seven ingredients, and uh, you know, just you know, the, the mustard, the, the onions, the relish, the tomato, the pickle, the sport peppers, and then dust it up a bit there, you know, with that lovely celery salt. If you throw ketchup onto it, according to the you know the folks over at Vienna Beef, it actually makes it you know, it has too much acidity and it makes it too sweet so the ketchup kind of combats it and they, that's why they don't recommend putting ketchup on a hot dog yeah yeah i, I mean i i've you know uh I've never put ketchup on a hot dog I, ne- I would never even think about putting ketchup on a hot dog um so um well they, so you got the 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 50 uh you 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 graded the hot dogs uh, the hot dog places correct yeah, you know, I gave him anywhere from, uh, you know, three mustards, you know, it was a four uh, mustard scale, so three, three and a half or four. And if places fell below that, because, you know, I went out to actually like, you know, close to about 60 hot dog joints. But um, if they were below that, I wasn't going to include them because I wasn't out to, you know, slap anybody around or degrade anybody. Right. I was just out to put together a book where, you know, a good collection of places you could throw the book in the glove box and go get a dog when you're in a certain neighborhood. Yeah. Well, uh, you've got the prices in here uh, for the for everything, and then um, uh, the you got uh, you got the stories behind the hot dogs as well, and there are other features in here too. There's also a hot dog quiz. Yeah, the quiz, and then uh, you know I had fun too with my little uh, you know the battle of the uh, fiberglass fiberglass hot dog mascots. Yeah, where uh, you know we, we we pit some of those guys against each other to see who wins, but. You know, I wanted the book to be different. Uh, you know, there's the hot dog itself has been blogged about, written about a bunch. So I didn't want to just have reviews. Uh, you know, sure, I had the reviews in there, and I, you know, I had fun putting them together. But I wanted those stories. I think uh, that's what I, you know, that's what I was trying to push for to make the book different, is to have this collection of stories about these, you know, mom and pop owners. Because, yeah. you know, not just hot dog places, but you know, mom and pop. Uh, you know, businesses in general, they're falling by the wayside, and, yeah. and, and COVID certainly didn't help out. Yeah, it's true. Well, uh, let's see. We've got people who are calling in. Uh, Dennis, I mean, you talk about hot dogs. Everybody's got an opinion, and I'm sure you oh, yeah. I'm sure you found that out with, with, with this book. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting some people battering me around on some of my picks, but uh, that's okay. Uh, yeah. You know. All right. Let's see. Here's Mark on WGN. Hi, Mark. Hi, I just I have well, I have two. One's defunct and one's uh, roaring. Um, the the best hot dog stand ever closed down maybe about thirty years ago. It was called Southside Sandwich Shop, and they had the best tamale hot uh, um, chili tamales and hot dogs. And the best one right now would be Markellas and Oak Forest. Best ribs, best hot dogs, best Vienna hot dogs. Um, probably the two best stands in the world thank you very much all right mark take care did, did you include the, that second one in the book dennis no yeah i i didn't hear what the name of that one was that he said oh, the okay second one. okay yeah, all right yeah i mean right. i i do have a place in oak forest that's in there 
it's uh, if, if he said hot dogs, I mean, uh, excuse me, the hot, not hot dogs. That was our, uh, you know, yeah. our, our, our guy that's still running at Wrigley. But yep. uh, Doug's dogs out in Oak Forest is in the book. It's also known as Nikki V. Nikki V's. Yeah, you know, he's one of your countrymen, uh, Nicky Versetto, he, uh, a young pup, uh, you know, jumped into the hot dog game about uh, eight months ago and uh, um, started, you know, started it up, took over. And, you know, the guy's about 30, you know, late 30s, looks like he's about 20. But he's, uh, you know, doing well out there. He's made some changes. Got a real nice dog out there at uh, Nicky V's. Oh, Nicky V's. Okay. All right. There you go. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. You know what my favorite hot dog place is, Dennis? I, I bet you I do. You want me to take a guess? Yeah, take a guess. All right, I'm going to go with Byron's. No, uh, although I like Byron's very much. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Gene and Jude's is my favorite. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, Gene and Jude's is, uh, I think that's an outstanding dog. You know, that's obviously in the book, too. Yeah. Um, I, I, I tend to, you know, the Gene and Jude's does the depression-style dog. Yeah. And, uh, you know, where it's a little bit more limited on the ingredients, and they throw the fries on top and gives it a great taste. But I tend to like the Chicago-style dog a little bit more. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, t- let's talk about the Chicago-style dog. Um uh, and and do we have the history on when the, when the the it became the Chicago style dog? I mean, how how uh, how long ago did these ingredients become only Chicago? Yeah, you know, the, I mean, the dog itself, you know, kind of came up, you know, out of the uh, Columbian Exhibition, you know, in the late eighteen hundreds, eighteen ninety three or so, when the dog came about, and then uh, you know, people experimented with some of the different ingredients over time. But as far as like the exact year. When they came out and said, "Hey, yeah, uh, you know, this is what goes on a Chicago dog," you know that I'm not sure of though. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, you know the dog itself—it's got to have a nice snap to it. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, it's because some hot dogs don't have that. Uh, but uh, w- w- how would you describe the actual just the the dog itself? Yeah, you know, when you when you say snap, uh, I'm a big fan of the snap too. And usually that snap comes, you know, means that the, you know, that it's a, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a dog that's uh, you know wrapped in the skin as opposed to the skinless dogs. Yeah. And so when you bite into it, you get that, you know, like crunch. And I, I love that, uh, you know. But you know, some places, uh, you know, also you know, just do the skinless. And, and the skinless dog can be very good too. It's a matter of how they prepare it. And it seems like kids, you know, like younger kids and stuff, seem to like the skinless rather than the snap. But if I'm uh, you're looking for a dog, I, I, I prefer you know getting one that has that skin on there, so you get that little, you know, it's got the curve to it. And then when you bite into it, you yeah. get that little pop. Yep. And the flavor just comes out. I agree. I totally agree. That's a, that's 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 the that's a lovely sound. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Boom. You know, it, 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 I have to tell you, I had a good hot dog day today too. I. Uh, I went out uh, you know, to some different places to drop off copies of the book to you know some of the people that uh, I put in there. I wanted to make sure everybody's getting a copy of the book. So, yeah. and I didn't eat a hot dog at every place. I went to eight of them today, huh. but I did have two dogs at two of my favorite places. So, you know, Fat Johnny's on the south side at uh, um, over at Seventy Second and Western. Okay, and uh, you know, and then also uh, I went into Cicero. And, uh, you know, dropped off a book over at Henry's Drive, in which, if you haven't been to Henry's before, highly recommend it. It's a very, very unique taste on a hot dog. Wow, I've never been there. What's What makes it unique? <laughs> well, you know what they do there? It's uh, when I, I, I was recommended by, you know, th- this was a place I'd never heard of. Um, you know, it's been around forever. It's, you know, it's got a, a cool old-time neon sign. It's on, you know, Ogden Avenue, so Route 66. 
But uh, uh, a buddy of mine that um, I used to, uh, I, I taught and coached at St. Lawrence High School for a while, and the principal and the president there who, you know, in the book, I didn't put his name because he said he wanted to be nameless, but his nickname is the Penguin. <laughs> it's, always, it's always nice when you have a president of a school and you kind of call him the Penguin. So, But he told me about this place and went over there, and what it is is uh, he can cook a hot dog in seven seconds. Because he has a, a steam generator, which is basically like a big furnace down in his basement. has all these pipes coming up. So you know when you go in there, you're getting a hot dog that is always fresh and hasn't been sitting around in a steam table yeah, for a couple yeah. hours. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, yeah, a, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's always fresh, and then he doesn't, uh, you know, uh, in our area of, of Vienna beef is definitely the you know the king, but uh, and yeah. then you have uh, you know you've got David Berg, and then you get Red Hat Chicago, but uh, at Henry's they order theirs from a place up in Michigan, so you get a little bit different flavoring and that freshness, really really tasty. Wow, that sounds great. I'm gonna be yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be starving by the end of these uh, this segment, <laughs> uh, Dennis. Yeah, you know when you finish up today, you might have to take a ride over to Henry's and uh, and just wait, and then, you know they'll open up early and you just knock on the window and tell me you're ready for some dogs. Yeah, all right. Uh, someone uh, called in and w- didn't want to be on the air, but said uh, they miss uh, demon dogs. We were talking about we were talking about demon dogs on the show yesterday. Yeah, yeah, demon dogs. I, you know, when when I worked with the city, you know, I, I would work sometimes south side, sometimes north. So that was one of the really cool things about you know being an electrician and going around the different parts of the city. Is yeah, you see the different neighborhoods, you experience the different food, and that was a you know, not only was it a, a, a cool, I mean, a great hot dog, but it's a, a cool location, it cool was. spot right yeah. there in the L in, in right, right, station, right so. underneath, right underneath the uh, the Fullerton L stop. Uh, yeah, it was yeah, located, yeah. and uh, I used to go there. Anytime I would go to that area and get off at the Fullerton uh, stop, I, Demon Dogs was the was the place I would go. <laughs> yeah, you can't go wrong doing that. Yeah, exactly. Old days. Exactly. Classic. All right, Dennis, hold on, okay? Sure. Dennis Foley is with us. Uh, he covered 50 hot dog joints, ate a lot of hot dogs in the writing of this book. <laughs> and we're going to talk about uh, the differences of some of them and some of the best ones. And uh, Hot dogs are, are, you know, a quintessential Chicago food. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, we'll, uh, we'll do that. Uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. And um, so, uh, yeah, we'll take a, we got to take, we got, we got the news here. We're going to take a quick break. And then afterwards we'll jump back on the, onto the phones with uh Dennis Foley and your calls about uh, your favorite hot dogs. The book is called No Ketchup. It's available right now. And we'll talk more about it coming up after we take a break for some news. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, we're live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago, and we are here uh, until 4 o'clock. Uh, it is going to be a Friday. Uh, we are not doing the regular Friday features. Um, Tom is not here uh, tonight, this morning, so we're going to, uh, because that, that, that's uh, that's Tom's 
area, and so we're we're not going to do the regular Friday features. But we are going to do you, big dummy. That's the only one that we are are going to do. Uh, Brendan is sitting in uh, uh, producing this morning, and uh, we're here till four. Uh, Herb Weisbaum, the consumer man. If you have any consumer issues or questions or concerns, he'll be here after one o'clock uh, for his monthly visit. And uh, and uh, we got more. We're going to talk about some bizarre traditions, uh, weird news stories that really aren't the onion. Uh, and some unbelievable weather records that we are going to jump into. Been having some weird weather uh, recently, so we're going to jump into that. 312-981-7200 is the number if you would like to join us. We're talking hot dogs right now with Dennis Foley, the author of the book No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them. Uh, so, Dennis, you ate a lot of hot dogs making this book, huh? Ah, uh, yeah, you know when you knock out close to sixty in uh, in those fifty days, Jeez. and uh, you know that was I, I joked around and was saying yeah. So you know, and it is true. I mean, I told my wife, you know, she's a school teacher, a kindergarten school teacher, um, and I, I was saying to her, hey, look, I, I want to do this. I'm going to go start this out. And she goes, you're calling that research? You know, eating hot dogs? And I said, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, when I told her my idea, eating fifty in fifty days. You know, she grabbed the phone and put a call into one of my buddies up the amount on the life insurance policy. <laughs> uh, well, you survived, and you got a really great book out of it. Uh, again, the book is called No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them. Uh, we've we got some people calling in, Dennis, who want to give their thoughts on, uh, sure. on uh, hot dogs. And let's see, here is uh, taxi driver Bob. Bob, go ahead. Hey, how are you guys doing tonight? All right. Um, uh, two, two places, but, uh, your guest here must have a sodium level in his, in his body, like off the charts. I go to clinic <laughs> and, uh, they show you how much sodium is in one hot dog and it's just a humongous amount of sodium. Yeah. But, um, anyways, my, my favorite hot dog is super dog. And, uh, one of their sure. extra ingredients that your guest, uh, they they don't have it any other place but Superdog, but those they're like uh, green. They look like a green tomato, but I don't yeah. even know what they really are. Um, but they taste great on a hot dog. And then also um, Costco has really good hot dogs. They have best kosher hot dogs, which are uh, really good as well. I've heard that uh, uh, I've heard that Costco has great hot dogs, which sounds weird. But um, mm-hmm. but everybody everybody raves about the. I've never had a hot dog at Costco. Um, uh, you know, I live alone. I don't I don't shop at Costco very often. Hey, hey Nick, I've never walked into a Costco myself. So. Really? Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess the I guess the hot dogs there are really good. You might want to check it out, Dennis. <laughs> but you know, when he when he mentions uh, Super Dog, sure. Yeah, you know, he, you know, he hit the nail on the head there too. That's listed as one of my top five on the on the north side, and you know, it, it's a pricey dog. It's up in the six dollar range, but it's big. It's a big jumbo dog. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it's you know that whole uh, the family's been there forever. You know, Maury and Flory, uh, you know, yep. the mascots up on the roof. It, yep. It's a cool place to go and see, and you know, they they take care of the uh, locals, but you get a lot of uh, visitors to come through to to yeah. go uh, see that place too. Yeah, those green those green tomatoes are they indeed tomatoes? Yeah, you know what? It's like a. Tom- I, I, I've had them, and I, I, I'm like the like taxi uh, man that called in. I, I try to decide: Hey, is that a uh, is that a uh, 
a tomato or is it some kind of little pepper? So, yeah. you know, I still don't know what it is, but all I know is I eat it and it's tasty and it's, uh, you know, I mean, then uh, I, I just jump in on the focus on the dog and they throw the fries right on top because it's got that kind of depression style goal. Yeah, you exactly. Know, so. I, you know, I'm Super Dog is, is one of my favorites, too. Uh, you know, um, I love everything about it. I just I love the way the building looks. I love that you can sit in the parking lot and have a hot dog. Um, and, and of course you have to love, uh, the, the, the mascots on top of the, on top of the building. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And the mascots didn't fare too well in the, you know, in the, uh, in, in the, in the classic showdown, uh, I, I pitted them against the Gemini giant in the battle of the fiberglass, right. uh, uh, hot dog mascots. And they kind of got knocked out of the arena in the yeah. first round. So, all right, Bob, thanks for the call. Taxi driver, Bob. Thank you. Uh, 312-981-7200. Let's talk a little bit about the battle of the mascots. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that was, I, I, you know, again, trying to have a little fun with the book. And, you know, uh, so a lot of these places have, uh, you know, pretty cool mascots and, and a little hot dog men on the roof, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. But then you get some places that are really pretty unique. So, um, you know, I threw four of them into the mix. Uh, we had Maury and Flory from Superdog. Right. right. Uh, Wolfie's is a great stand on the north side. I love Wolfie's. I love Wolfie's. I love Wolfie's. It's great. Yeah, I, I had them listed as my favorite in the north. On the north side, you know, they have the big uh, hot dog on the uh, on the fork. You know, it's about thirty plus feet tall. Right. And uh, and then you know the Gemini Giant. You know, talk about a, a discovery. It's worth going out to. Uh, you know, a buddy of mine told me about this place. It's out in Wilmington. You know, about twenty miles south of Joliet. And uh, he's one of those old muffler men. They call him. You know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that stand's been there since the '60s, and here's this huge green man with a uh, you know with an astronaut's helmet on. Yeah. So you know I, he ends up uh, you know he should probably be the winner of the of the battle of the mascots, the fiberglass mascots. But you know I got a little squirrely and I went with Big Chief, who's the uh, you know the formerly a cigar store in the right. 63rd in Pulaski, right? And he has nothing to do with hot dogs. But, you know, joking around, I said, who cares? You know, this yeah. is Chicago. We can throw anybody into the mix that we want. You know, it's funny. I had a, I had a caller years ago uh, who lived um, very close to the the, the giant uh, Indian, and he used to <laughs> he used to he admitted this on the air. He said he he would he would get drunk and go out on his back porch and shoot arrows into the Indian. <laughs> Oh yeah, I used to live uh, right around the you know the corner, and uh, you would go and see you know after a Friday night or Saturday night, you'd go out and look, and you know some uh, the, the young hooligans from the neighborhood were out there plugging away with their uh, arrows, and uh, you'd it's see a so, couple of them stuck in his back. It's so weird. I just think that's so weird. But that's such an iconic, you know, mascot. It really is. Yeah, he's, he's very cool, and right now he has on a pair of sun, I mean, regular glasses. He's had them on for a while because yeah. you know, cigar store turned into an optometrist center, right. and now it's actually a dental center. Right. So, so he's going to have to. He's going to be wearing braces, I guess. Next. <laughs> uh, here's a set of false teeth. Exactly. Here's Ken on WGN. Hey, Ken. Hey, Ned. How you doing? Good. Can't wait to read the book. Uh, this is right up my alley. So. Um, in Displains is a place called Rand's Red Hot. It's kind of it's a depression style dog, but it's got a nice fifties motif. Uh, they have car shows there all the time, and uh, I think he's got a good hot dog. It's got a good snap. It kind of reminds me of Gene and Jude's in a way. And then mm-hmm. I was wondering about a place in, uh, if I have the name right, in I think it's in Oak Park on Harlem. It's called Parkies or Perkies. Um, Kind of a glass-shaped building, like a V-shaped building. 
Mm. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is on Harlem too. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I didn't put too many suburban places in there. And I know, uh, you know, Bob Surratt was joking around. He had asked me, "When am I going to do a suburban edition?" Right. And uh, it's like, uh, you know, I, it, so I would get out to hit some of those places because I was focusing on Chicago. But yeah, Parkies is right there on uh, on Harlem. It's a good dog. Yeah. All right, Ken. Thanks. thanks Take care. Uh, here's Elizabeth on WGN. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Thank you for taking my call, Nick. I'm 87 years old. I was born, bred, and wed in the Little Village area. My husband had a a butcher shop, and we had eight butchers, and one of them was a sausage maker. Mm. And uh, when he passed away, we used to get our hot dogs from the Crawford Sausage Company. I'm here to tell you that it's a myth that nobody puts mustard on their hot dog. We it, used to have. It's a myth that nobody puts mustard on their hot dog. I mean, ketchup on their hot dog. Oh, well, they shouldn't. <laughs> Why not? Because it's disgusting. It is not. It is. <laughs> it is not. Yes, no ketchup on a... Elizabeth. And you're from Chicago. Yes. Oh my God. The little village area. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. No ketchup on a hot dog, Elizabeth. Sorry. <laughs> Nick, yeah, Nick, you got to play nice with your elders. No, I know, I understand, but you can't put ketchup on a hot dog. We used to have vendors that used to pedal down the street yeah. with the warmers and the coolers in their little white boxes, and you'd and they'd ask you everything on it, and you'd say yes, and it would be ketchup, hot, uh, mustard, and piccolo. Ah. Yes, and, and Elizabeth, I know it's a little bit away from you, but have you ever, you know, like uh, if you head in towards Taylor Street, have you been over to Carms before to have a hot dog? No, I don't eat hot dogs anymore. I'm too old. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, hey, Elizabeth, if you go to Carms, I'll meet you there and I'll buy you a good hot dog and we'll get you beef, too. We'll take care of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank uh, you, Brandon. All right, Elizabeth, take care. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. Catch up on a hot dog. All right, all right. Let's let's talk about uh, some of these hey, uh, places. As long as we're not talking about putting cheese on a beef, okay? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no. All right, listen. Hang out a second, okay, Dennis? Okay, Dennis sure. Foley is with us, uh, and we're talking hot dogs. The book is called No Ketchup: Chicago's Top Fifty Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them. And we're going to talk about some of these great places uh, right here on seven twenty WGN. And we would love to hear from you at three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Nick DeGilio here. Um, Tom is uh, off tonight, so uh, Brendan is filling in, and Brendan uh, clearly does not uh, know my thoughts on the Eagles. (laughs) Not even a little bit. I hate the Eagles. I will not make that mistake again (laughs) for the rest of the night. It's okay. Don't worry about it, man. Brendan's filling in uh, his first show, actually. So uh, and he's doing a great job. Uh, and the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Coming up after 1 o'clock, Herb, the consumer man, Weisbaum, will be with us to help you out with any of your consumer issues or concerns or questions. Right now, we're talking with Dennis Foley, having some fun here. The book is called No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them. Uh, Dennis, we'll talk about what are some of your favorites. Yeah, and uh, um, my personal favorite, like uh, you know, as a Southsider, my go-to is... Uh, you know, 
is Fat Johnny's at 72nd and Western. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things he does there that's a little bit different, too, is uh, hot dogs uh, generally come with the pickle on there. You know, he does the long wedge of the of the cucumber. Yeah. And everything is just always so fresh. So on the south side, well, that's who a lot of guys kind of pattern themselves after. There's a, you know, another uh, fat brother. I like to call them the fat brothers. They're not related, but Fat Tommy's in the Mount Greenwood area does a fantastic dog. And I like to go in there and get the specialty dog every now and then. I get either the butt kiss or the Ditka. And it's uh, a <laughs> picture this picture this one, Nick. It's a it's a Polish wrapped in bacon and then deep fried. Oh God. And then when it comes out, they throw it on the bun, put some mustard on there, grilled onions and cheese. And that that that's the Ditka. And then if you want the butt kiss, they throw the chili on top of it. Oh my God. So though you know, but uh when I head up north I am a big Byron's uh, fan. I, I love, um, you know, Mike Payne runs the place. He has that, uh, the old Hasty Tasty. Oh, um, yeah. was, uh, we talked you know, about Hasty Tasty yesterday, Dennis. Yeah, you know, and it was a great place, long gone. But, you know, uh, Mike actually worked for Hasty Tasty when he was a, was a kid. And when he jumped in to help start Byron's up, he kept that same drag it through the garden approach. That's yeah. where it came from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you it, it's I love it because, yeah, you get a hot dog with basically a salad on top of it, and yeah. I I pull half those ingredients off and eat them as a side salad, and then eat the dog. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, yeah. I remember Tasty Hasty was a great place. You know what we were? To, you know what place we talked about yesterday, Dennis? It's closed again. Mm-hmm. Uh, on uh, Racine and Belmont Murphy's. Oh yeah, Murphy's. You know, and he's uh, you know, I, I uh, and kind of like getting ready to do this uh this book too. I went to uh, Vienna Beast uh, Hot Dog University. Oh sure, and the uh, the owner, um, the Murphy guy, he's doing some work with uh, with Vienna Beef now as a consultant. So he, he was one of the guests during the uh, the seminars and kind of talking to the people about how to start up a stand and what to do and answering questions. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. But I guess he gets out with his car every now and then, and uh, and uh, you know goes ahead and serves up dogs at special occasions and events. Yeah. Oh, well, that's pretty cool. Very very yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, I I uh, I live very close to Susie's. Drive it. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you ever had a hey, the hot dog there is solid, but have you had that confused uh, chicken sandwich at all? Uh, no, I haven't. Yeah, it's one I would recommend any of the listeners. You want a, a sandwich that would you know, go ahead and uh, just something different. It'll put a nice uh, spin on it. You know, my, my favorite sandwich in the city is going to pick up an Italian sub at Bari. You know, Bari oh, sure, food. of course. It's fantastic. And, yeah. And then you, then Susie's, though, with this confused chicken sandwich, you know, uh, when I was talking to her about it, she said, yeah, her mom named it because they, they uh, you know, had this big old behemoth you know, a, uh, a hunk of chicken on a French bread, and she would sprinkle it with Italian seasonings and then Greek seasonings, and the mom joked that, hey, I don't know if this thing is Italian or Greek. This is a confused chicken. And that's how the sandwich came to be, and it's, uh, it has some great spices and pe- pe- you know peppers and onions. It's really good. Ah, it sounds great. Uh, okay, we got some people on the line. Here is uh, Sheila on WGN. Go ahead, Sheila. Hey, Nikki, Dennis. I just had a quick question. I know the book is new, Dennis, and it's just coming out. But um, if they offer you, like, a, a docu-series or something, will you be willing not only to do this book, but also one for the suburbs, you know? For yeah, you know, I, I, I thought it would be, I think it could be a cool follow-up, uh, you know, going out and then kind of hitting the, the, the suburban dogs, too. I think that would be kind of neat to do. Well, that would make um, our that would make our very own Bob Surratt happy. 
Yeah, and then uh, it kind of depends on, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to kind of stre- uh, jump into a new decade here. I'm turning 60 later this month. Oh, wow, and, congratulations. Uh, if, I, if I start throwing down 50 in another 50 days, we'll have to see how many pounds they put on <laughs> if, I, if I can survive. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, Sheila, thanks for the call. Here's uh, Matt on WGN. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, uh, hey Nick, uh, great show, long-time listener. Uh, Dennis, so, I'd, uh, so, so, I, so I'm at the University of St. Francis out here in Joliet, Illinois. Sure. Uh, so uh, there's two places that are near our university. One is called Joey's Hot Dogs. It's on Plainfield Road and Black Road. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it. And then there's also Hey Hot Dog. I think that's also on Black Road as well. Yeah, I was given a couple places by people to go check out in Joliet, and you know, I, I didn't go there just because, um, like I said, I was kind of focusing more on the city. But I did stretch out to the place in uh, in Wilmington because it sounded like a you know like not only would it be a, a you know potentially a good hot dog, but a, a cool story being on Route 66 with the Gemini Giant there. Right. So I, I kind of skipped past the Joliet, and went out to Wilmington, and it was well worth it. Any anybody listening in that wants to go take a a hike and you know see the gemini giant one day it's worth going out there and you'll get some i had a, a regular chicago dog which was outstanding and a cal a uh, uh what was it a, a carolina dog with slaw mustard oh yeah and, and and uh uh chili and that was outstanding now they're closed for a little bit for covid because they have an older wait staff but they'll be opening up before too long yeah and real nice owners they're a great place to go and see it has a little route 66 museum in there too oh very cool very cool all right thanks for the call matt here's uh jimmy on wgn go ahead jimmy hey uh i'm really interested in your book and great show nick and uh brendan doing a wonderful job filling in except for the eagles We'll, we'll mark that one up. Hey, hey, but, but hey, he was knocking it out with, uh, uh, you know, with Elton John, though, wasn't he? I cannot, I cannot deny that, my fellow Southsider. I cannot <laughs> deny that. So I'm a. I grew up, you know, how we are on the South Side. We say what parish we're from. I'm a St. Thomas Moore guy, and sure. I grew up with Fat Johnny. You know, my brothers uh, walking me there when we were kids, and and I still go there at least once a month just because there's no way you drive by there don't stop. You know. Sure. But I have to be honest with you, when I heard you guys talking about the snap and, and everything else and hot dogs, I was dating a girl from uh, Harwood Heights area, and she turned me on to Gene and Jude's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Gene and, and Jude's. i got to be honest with you, that, that place just, you know, I, there's a reason why there's a line out the door. Yeah, I mean, no, we, yeah, we talked about Gene and Jude's earlier. It's my favorite. Uh, Dennis, uh, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, the book yeah. is called No Ketchup. It's out right now. And there's also, I want to mention really quickly, $14 in coupons inside. Yeah, we, we, we make it worth the people's while. That's there, right. You know what I mean, Nick? Yep. Yeah. All right, Dennis, thanks so much, man. The book's terrific. Hey, this was fun. Thanks, thanks Ken, for All having right. me on. All right, there you go. Dennis Foley, the book is called No Ketchup, Chicago's Top 50 Hot Dogs and the Stories Behind Them. Uh, we're going to talk about some very bizarre traditions in America. Uh, if you have any, 312-981-7200, and here's the news. All right, Nick DiGilio show continues, and we're going to talk about some of uh, America's most bizarre traditions. Do you have any where you come from, very bizarre traditions, or in your family? 312-981-7200. That's what's coming up here on 720 WGN.
Uh, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago on a Friday morning. Uh, the regular Friday features are not going to happen except for uh, You Big Dummy. We are going to do You Big Dummy. But all the other Friday features aren't going to happen uh, because uh, Tom Hush, my producer, is off this morning. And we have a brand new producer. Uh, actually, this is doing, he's doing his first show, and it's Brendan. So we're not going to do those regular Friday features, but uh, uh, but we, we do have our phone lines ready to go here. And if you want to call in, we're going to be talking about some of America's most bizarre traditions. Do you have any bizarre traditions in your family or in the uh, area that you're from or your hometown or anything like that? 312-981-7200. And after 1 o'clock, Herb Weisbaum is going to join us. He's our consumer guy. If you have any questions or concerns about consumer issues or scams or anything like that, he's a consumer reporter for KOMO and Checkbook.org. You can follow him at ConsumerMan.com. And uh, we have uh, consumer news stories to talk about, and uh, and we'll take any of your questions as well. And that's after 1 o'clock when Herb Weisbaum joins us. 312-981-7200. And we're talking about some very weird uh, traditions from the USA. Um, and uh, the article starts with, uh, despite being a relatively young nation, um, America has developed its fair share of traditions. Most of us are familiar with such big hitters as Thanksgiving, Halloween, and Independence Day, but what about some of the USA's less well-known, more peculiar customs? So we're going to delve into the fascinating world of America's most bizarre traditions. And if you have any uh, traditions where you come from or in your family and you want to share them, they might be a little weird. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. I think a lot of people in in um in families uh they I think everybody's family has some sort of uh original kind of thing that that they do between them, you know, that are that is a tradition. So if you have a tradition within your family too, we'd love to hear from you at 312-981-7200. Here are some weird USA traditions. The presidential turkey pardons. <laughs> Yeah, I like the turkey part. I, I think the turkey pardons are uh, are pretty funny. I think they're pretty funny. Um, Brendan, you a fan of the presidential turkey party uh, pardons? I'm sorry, I was not listening. I was handling a caller. What was the turkey pardons? The you don't know what the presidential turkey pardons are? No, I'm not very woke with the politics. Every it's not really politics. Every Thanksgiving, a president brings out a turkey and pardons him so he doesn't get killed and eaten. What what? Yeah, you're That's not aware a, of this? No, I'm, I've ne- I, 26 years of life, and I've never heard of that. Wow. Uh, it's been going on since the 40s. I've really missed a lot. Uh, since the 1940s, U.S. presidents have been presented with a Thanksgiving turkey at a special ceremony and occasionally have spared the bird's life by efficiently parting it, par- pardoning it. Uh, it's not clear what, uh, clear what crime the birds committed in the first place to warrant a pardon. In 1989, George Bush Sr., made the turkey pardon uh, a permanent part of the ceremony. So it's now an annual event. The happy turkeys are returned to farm to live out the rest of their lives, which unfortunately usually lasts less than a year as the birds have been so overfed that they contract heart disease and other obesity-related illnesses. Um, and if you're wondering whether there's some deeper meaning or symbolic reasoning for this ritual, there isn't. I yeah, think they, the, they, they should do, do it that every with Thanksgiving. everything. They do like it every, every Thanksgiving. Every holiday. And pardon, uh, what, a turkey every holiday? I mean, like, different. you could pardon a bunny on Easter. I mean, I know well, that's... nobody the, kills bunnies yeah, on I Easter. Yeah, I understand, <laughs> but it's, I like the idea of just, like, giving an animal some sort of pardon. Uh-huh. All right, well, 
You can uh, you can watch this happen every Thanksgiving. It's I think it's hilarious that George Bush Senior is the one that made the made it a permanent part of the ceremony. I think that's great. I'm absolutely paying attention this year during Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, watch. no, it's you got to watch it, man. I, I have to now. I've yeah, never seen it's a, it. It's a whole ceremony. In uh, you know the the president comes out. There's a turkey right there, live turkey. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's been going on for a long time, but. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty weird tradition. Uh, you got any other ones? 312-981-7200. What are some bizarre traditions that uh, maybe you have in your family or uh, where you're from? Um, how about the Nina Na Ice Classic in Alaska? Ice on the Tanana River in Alaska accumulates to more than a meter deep during the winter. So back in 1906, six people in the city of Nina Na bet on the exact time on the exact day that the ice would break in the spring. Uh, A decade later, a small group of railroad engineers fired up the ice pool again, and it's become an annual event ever since. Uh, And anything that's been going over 100 years in America is a very long-standing tradition indeed. A tripod with four legs is placed on the ice and connected to a clock in the town. When the ice breaks, it stops the clock, and the winner is declared. From a prize of $800 in 1916, the winnings have upped just a tad, hitting a high in 2014 with a record $363,627. There's a webcam that refreshes every 30 seconds to keep you up to date on the uh, action ice, so you you can actually go online and look at the ice to see how close it is to breaking. You said uh, this was in Alaska? Yeah. There's nothing better to do, I thought, than like yeah. watch some ice. It's Nina Na, uh, Alaska, and they call it the Nina Na Ice Classic. And uh, I think that's pretty hilarious. Six people back in 1906 bet on the exact time, the exact day that the ice would break in the spring. So that's something to look forward to right there. <laughs> yeah, Alaska, man. I've never been there. Um, they have some weird stuff going on in Alaska, though. They really do. And that's one of them. So if you've got bizarre traditions in your family or where you're from, or you, uh, you remember some bizarre, uh, traditions that you would like to discuss, we'd love to hear from you at 312-981-7200, 312-981-7200. All right. We've got more, uh, bizarre traditions from the USA to discuss and, uh, our phone lines are open so that we could, uh, chat with you. And some of these traditions that I'm looking at here in the uh, in the in the uh, in this article are a little weird. So three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If you have bizarre traditions where you're from or in your family, and uh, we'd love to talk to you. It's Nick DeGilio on seven twenty WGN. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio. Uh, we're here till 4 o'clock. It is a Friday morning. Um, this, this We're going to be do You Big Dummy, but all the other Friday features are not going to be happening this morning because Tom is off, and it's very uh, producer-intensive. Uh, Brendan is sitting in. He's a first-time producer, actually, and uh, so uh, uh, we're not going to do the Friday features uh, except for You Big Dummy. 
Um, Herb uh, Weisbaum is going to join us, too. He's a consumer reporter, and he's consumerman.com. If you have any consumer-related concerns or questions, 312-981-7200. All right, we are talking about bizarre uh, traditions in the U.S., and uh, we've been talking about uh, the uh, Ninana Ice Classic in Alaska, where they they uh, bet on uh, when the ice is going to break. Uh, we've talked about presidential turkey pardons. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If you uh, have any uh, weird traditions in your family, uh, here's uh, Dan on WGN. Go ahead, Dan. Hey, uh, good evening. Yeah. Uh, just, uh, I don't have a, a, a tradition, so to speak. I just wanted to uh, uh, comment on the, the presidential pardons. Uh, the president should walk into the woods every Christmas and pardon a tree. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I Pardon? guess that's I guess that's a good idea. If you're going to pardon a turkey on Thanksgiving, why not pardon a tree on Christmas? I think that could develop into a very uh, a very good tradition. All right, Dan, thanks for the call. 312-981-7200. Thank you, Dan. All right, uh, the next one here in the article is uh, Groundhog Day. Well, we all know Groundhog Day, and this is in Pennsylvania. On February 2nd every year, Groundhog uh, burrows across America uh, are put uh, under intense scrutiny for their powers to foretell seasonal change. Um, Folklore states that if it's cloudy, the groundhog will emerge from his burrow and uh, spring will come early. If it's sunny, it will return uh, to its burrow and winter will continue for six more weeks. The tradition of going out to watch the groundhog has been around since uh, as early as the 18th century. God, it's been around that long? Since the 18th century. The biggest celebration these days is in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, the state where the tradition originated, and it was made famous by the 1993 film Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Yeah. It's uh, one of my absolute favorite movies. Oh, it's a great way. movie. It's so, it's so dang funny. It's a great movie. Um, by the way, Stephen Tobolowsky is a friend of the show. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Needle Nose and Dad. Hmm. Good guy. Good to know. Yep. Uh, here's Sean on WGN. Hey, Sean. Hey, Nick. How you doing? All right. What's up? Yeah, there's a strange tradition in here, uh, pretty close to home, here in Huntley, Illinois. They have the Turkey Testicle Festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a pretty cool time. It's the night before Thanksgiving. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've actually actually had turkey testicles. I have, too, and I've also had mountain oysters. Yeah, and they taste like like liver. They do. They're not bad tasting. No. The texture is just insane. Yeah, the texture's a little weird, but they do taste like liver. Um, and, yeah. uh, yeah, no, when I, I, when I would work sometimes, you know, when I, when I would fill in on the morning of Thanksgiving, like the night, the late night into Thanksgiving for, for somebody, uh, we would always call the bars cause a lot of the bars the night before, um, Thanksgiving, cause that's a big night to go out and, you know, and party. A lot of people go out the night before Thanksgiving to drink. Um, many of the bars in the suburbs and in the area, I can't remember exactly which ones we've talked to, but there were several bars in the area that would uh, serve turkey testicles the night before Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I've had them. They're 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 not bad. I mean, I'm I'm not to say they're not bad at all. No, I mean, you know, you can deep fry anything at this point, Sean. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's true. It's true. <laughs> so true. no, but the, the, and like I said, they do. They taste like liver. It tastes like uh, breaded. It tastes like deep fried breaded liver. That's exactly what it tastes like. Mm-hmm. And I happen to be a big. Fan, I, I happen to be a big fan of liver. So. 
Yeah, two years ago, I went to the Turkey Testicle Festival in Huntley, and uh, I had buffalo wing testicles. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That was weird. Oh, they were served. Yeah. Oh, they were served buffalo style then. Yeah. yeah. Ah, okay. So it was it was was it was it uh, hot, mild? What, what what was the sauce like? It was hot. It was kind of like uh, Frank's Red Hot, you know, sure. uh, buffalo sauce. That's what it tastes like to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Yep. Thank you, Nick. Take care, buddy. There you go. Uh, the Turkey Testicle Festival. I don't know if I'd ever, ever eat a turkey testicle. Yeah, they're, they're, it's fine. I mean, I'm, I probably would. You might have to trick me into it, but I could probably get it. I you could like liver? I've never had liver. You've never had liver? No, I'm usually open about foods, about like trying something new. I can't. I always say I can't say I don't like something until I try it. But you've never had liver. Never had liver. Wow, man. We got to get on that. Let's get some liver over How here. How is it possible that your mom never made liver when you were a kid? Uh, I don't know. We, well, I'm, my mom's Irish. My dad's Italian, so we did a lot of boiled stuff, that's and then the, we did a lot of like pasta. That's the same on my side. Yeah, we did a lot of pasta, but never any liver. I don't think my dad likes it particularly. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, when, uh, the, there's the old cliche that if your mom makes liver and onions, you know, kids hate it. Yeah. Which is not really. I mean, it's a cliche because it's true. Mm-hmm. I was never. Um, my parents had no problems feeding me. I yeah. loved liver and onions when I, I was a kid. I I'm not a I'm not a picky eater. My mom, on the other hand, really is. So if she that's thinks probably about why, that's probably why you haven't yeah, had liver. If she thinks about like the food and animal form that she's eating, she can't eat it anymore. So like if she's having like pork and she thinks about the pig, then she's like, no, can't do this. <laughs> Has she ever seen the movie Babe? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably why she can't eat it. Probably. You know, you know, you know, you know the pork business took a hit when that movie came out. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not kidding. Yeah? It did. Oh, I'm absolutely certain. It did. Yeah. So. Funny part about it is her grandpa, or my grandfather, her father used to be a farmer and slaughtered. Sure. Did all that. Yeah. Now, I've never had issues with uh, eating meat, ever. I am, I'm, a, I'm an unapologetic carnivore. Absolutely. Um, all right. We got more weird traditions. If you have a tradition in your family that you would like to share, you said you have a tradition in your family at Christmas. Yeah. So- what's, the, what's the deal? <laughs> It's every Christmas. My mom one year got real tired and didn't want to wrap all our presents from Santa. So you got she, a big family. Uh, there's five of us in the house, six of us yeah. with my grandpa. But so she'd put the gifts one by one in a blanket and just chuck them at us from across the room. We'd have to catch it and then you know <laughs> unwrap the blanket and find out what it was. And it's it's usually like she'll like throw it away from you, so you have to like dive for it or like uh-huh. do a little something funny. Uh-huh. But it's it's a it's and now we. She tried to wrap them last year, and I was like, "Absolutely not! We're doing the gift." Oh, blanket. you got to do the gift blanket. Oh, that's 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 original. That's yeah, certainly that's an original time. tradition right there. Uh, we're talking about traditions. If you've got any in your family, maybe they're a little weird, or if you've got some from your hometown, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Our phone lines are open. We'd love to hear from you. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred, and that is the Team Hotberg phone line. All right, how about cherry pit spitting in Michigan? Two thousand nineteen was the 46th year of the International Cherry Pit Spitting Championship, which is held at the Tremendous Fruit Farm in Michigan. It's simple. Uh, Eat the cherry and spit the pit as far as you can. Contestants are not allowed to pop their cheeks or use their hands, and no foreign objects or props are allowed. Uh, the record is an impressive 93.5 feet. Wow. I was just looking that up in case you didn't have that, but they, yeah, that's that's far. 93.5 feet. 
Jeez. And then they say apparently it's all about curling the tongue. That's that's the key to spitting your uh, your cherry like pit. Like making the little U and trying to like shoot yeah. out like a barrel? Yeah. Oh, crazy. So that's the... Uh, the things people do when they're bored. That's the uh, the cherry pit. There's 46 years they've been doing it. 47 years now. So, uh, and I've actually seen it on TV. And I've seen it elsewhere. I don't think it was just exclusive to Michigan. I think they spit pits out uh, everywhere. There's also... Uh, Watermelon seed spitting contests. I've heard about those before. That yeah. they do. They. I, I don't know if that's, you know, indicative of just one place or widespread. I think they do it at like state fairs and stuff like that, where they'll have like uh, they have those the sanctioned uh, watermelon um, seed spitting contests. So, uh, if you've got any weird traditions in your family or in your town, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We'd love to talk to you. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. How about ostrich racing in Arizona? Ostriches were first brought to the U.S. in the 1880s, and ostrich riding races sprung up in several states across the country. The biggest current race is in Arizona at the Chandler Ostrich Festival, which celebrates its 30, uh, 30, it celebrated its 31st year in 2019. Um, the event is like a horse race, though riders have unsurprisingly significantly less control. <laughs> Ostriches can run up to 40 miles an hour, fairly similar to horses, and can leap up to 16 feet in a single stride. Oh, man. That's pretty scary. I would never ride an ostrich. But they have ostrich racing. 31 years at the Chandler Ostrich Festival. They have an ostrich festival? I'd go to that. A whole festival for an ostrich? In a heartbeat, I'd go to that. All right. Ostrich racing in Arizona. Wow, that's crazy. 40 miles an hour. Jeez. Trying to control an ostrich going 40 miles an hour. Easy to sit on, right? No, they don't have like, they have people riding them? Yeah, people riding them. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know if they put a saddle on them or what. I have only seen like an ostrich race in movies, and it was a very bad movie. But I don't know movie? how people. Prince of Persia, the Disney one. Oh God! It was it was the ostrich race scene, and I was like, how do people sit on those? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, for, so as far as this goes in Arizona, I'm not sure what the what the rules are. I don't even know if they if they put uh, if they put uh, saddles on them. I'm guessing there's betting. I would imagine that there's betting involved because why else would you do it? <laughs> you want to bet on this, man? Yeah. I'd like to see like an ostrich pile up where they just like NASCAR, but all the ostriches like yeah. fall over and run into each other. That's yeah, weird. Yeah. People are weird. All right. We got uh, very strange traditions here. 312-981-7200. If you have any bizarre traditions in your family or uh, in the town that you're from, 312-981-7200. Uh, someone called in and said, what about the cow dung toss? Yeah. Cow chip toss at state fairs. Yeah, they do that. That's a that's a that's a real thing. You see how far you can toss a cow chip, like overhand, underhand, underhand, like oh, a, okay. like you're bowling. Okay, okay, good so to know. That's uh, now I can practice. That's uh, yeah, you got to find some cow dung first. I got to find a real talent here. Cow chip. That's uh, I don't know where that came from because I guess because they they have the they they feel they have the consistency of a chip at that point. So yeah, no, that's a thing. They do that at state fairs and stuff. That's crazy. Yeah. All right, 312-981-7200, that's our number, and uh, we would love to hear from you if you have some uh, weird traditions in your family or weird traditions that you'd like to talk about from the world, 
And we've got more weird USA traditions that we're going to be chatting about here uh, on uh, 720 WGN, 312-981-7200 is the number. And uh, we are going to go to the news now and then come back with more weird traditions. Stands on golden sands and watches the ships that go. All right, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Um, hi, we're live in the Skyline studio here until four o'clock. Uh, Tom is off this morning, uh, so uh, Brendan is filling in. And uh, we're not going to do our regular Friday features except for you, big dummy. We will be doing you, big dummy, and Herb. Weissbaum, our good friend Herb Weissbaum is going to join us after 1 o'clock. He's our consumer man. You can check out consumerman.com. If you have any concerns about possible scams or money issues or consumer-related questions, uh, Herb is here to help. He's the man. 312-981-7200 is the phone number, and uh, we'll get Herb on the line after 1 o'clock. We'll talk about some of the consumer news and take your calls and your uh, questions at 312-981-7200. We're going to talk about uh, some incredibly weird news stories that actually feel like they're from The Onion, but they're not. Um, and we are also uh, going to play back some classic comedy from Johnny Carson. You, the Johnny Carson show you can watch every night on Antenna TV. And so we play some comedy back uh, every morning at 2.30. And we're going to play my favorite, which is Karnak the Magnificent. Um, and that's going to be from 1988. And we're going to talk about some very unbelievable weather records, too. That's all here on 720 WGN, 312-981-7200 is the number. We're talking about weird traditions now, some bizarre traditions. And if you have uh, traditions in your family that you'd like to share with us, or maybe your own town or where you're from has some uh, kind of a strange or bizarre uh, tradition, we'd love to hear from you at 312-981-7200. So uh, we were talking about ostrich racing in Arizona and wondering if they actually put... uh, saddles on these things strap a saddle on the back of an ostrich um i can't imagine that it's a very comfortable thing for either the the rider or the ostrich itself um so all right uh that was another tradition that one's out of arizona so we've been mentioning some of the other ones um you know the presidential uh turkey pardons which take place at the white house we've got the Nina ice classic in alaska that's where people are betting on when the ice is going to break um, we got Groundhog Day, which everybody knows about, and the cherry pit spitting in Michigan, where the record is just insane. The record for uh, spitting a cherry pit is 93.5 feet, as we mentioned. Okay, how about this? Out of West Virginia, the roadkill cook-off. Oh, man. Oh. Hard nope from me on that one. Nope. Uh, with so much wildlife roaming around in the U.S. and so many SUVs cruising on the highways, there's bound to be some unfortunate collateral damage. Uh, but every September, okay, this is the month, every September people in Marlington, West Virginia, have a roadkill cook-off where you try such delights as biscuits covered in squirrel gravy, teriyaki marinated bear or deer sausage, all scooped up from the side of the road after an unfortunate accident. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I remember we had a listener. No. We had. A, I remember we had a listener call in and said that they that they had uh, cooked uh, some roadkill and ate it. But yeah, the roadkill cook off in West Virginia. So and that's uh, September. I don't know what the date is on that. Maybe we can find out what the date is on the roadkill cook off. Biscuits covered in squirrel gravy. Oh. <laughs> Teriyaki marinated bear or deer sausage. All of it was scooped up from the side of the road. You know, the, the the teriyaki marinated bear or deer sausage doesn't sound bad. The biscuits covered in squirrel gravy, that's another thing altogether. So they have a whole uh, cook-off thing. I wonder if that's ever been on TV, the roadkill cook-off. You know, like on the Food Network or something, or on Discovery, one of those channels. I'm assuming that they've probably covered it on TV. Uh, would you participate in a roadkill cook-off? 312-981-7200. And what are some other weird traditions that are in your family or where you're from? How about the, uh, out of North Carolina, oh, this is a good one. I like this one. The National Hollering Contest. I love this one. I gotta say I do. Before the invention of the telephone, hollering was more than just a simple yell. It's a cross between a yodel and a hunting cry. Hollering was a highly developed form of communication over long distances, especially popular in American Southeast. In 1969, in Spivey's Corner, North Carolina, the National, ho- the National Hollering Contest was started to uphold the entertaining tradition, and it's been going ever since. I remember, I want to say it was, uh, I, I, I want to say it was, was it Letterman or was it Carson? Letterman or Carson, one of the two. It might have been Letterman would have the uh, the winner of the hollering contest on, or like the three finalists or whatever. And uh, I think it might have been it might have, it might have been Carson, um, but they would they would um, bring out the the top three finalists for the hollering contest, and then they would just scream. They would holler in the. <laughs> that sounds like a great way to spend my afternoon. It's listening uh, to people holler. Yeah, I, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I know. I've seen, it's really I've seen, funny. I've seen footage of it, and 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 again, um, one of the late night hosts, I think it was Carson, would bring out the top three finalists, and they would just do it, and it was hilarious. It was it was absolutely hilarious. Uh, here's Ray on WGN. Hi, Ray. Hey. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard anybody say anything for what they do at midnight on New Year's. So here's what our tradition is: first, we get uh, the 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 pickled herring. Yep. And, and and then we get the um the pickled pig's feet and the hand, or hocks, you know, and the same thing. And uh then you get the shotgun out, but of course make sure it's bird shot in there, not no slugs or anything. <laughs> so anyway, you eat the pickled herring and because that's that's so your ship comes in. And then you gotta have the ham hocks or pork, that's so you get the whole hog. And then you shoot off the shotgun. That's for happier, good hunting. And uh, one year we did it, and we're at my brother-in-law's house, and he was half drunk, and he blew off the shotgun. But he didn't. And it was a good thing we were at his house because he blew his wire down. <laughs> wow! All right, that, that does uh, that doesn't sound very safe. Getting drunk and pulling out a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's okay. It's just that he's he's a, he's a numbskull, you know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would say so. Busting out a shotgun uh, while you're loaded on New Year's Eve, it's not that it's not uncommon to do something stupid on New Year's Eve. Uh, Ray, thanks. It's a weird tradition. I will say this though: uh, the 
the herring is a tradition. Is a New Year's Eve tradition. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about that. It's a it's a Swedish tradition. Okay. Because herring, you know, is a Swedish. Yeah. What, what a Swedish is the dish. whole deal with that? Well, it's supposed to bring you luck for the oh. year if you eat herring at midnight. Oh, I should have done that this on New year. Year's Eve. I, it doesn't necessarily have to be the pickled herring because I've, I've had, you know, because I mean, I used to hang out at a bar called Simon's, which is a Swedish bar, and I had spent, uh, I spent a lot of time at Simon's. I used to live in Andersonville, just walking distance away from the bar. And uh, uh, Ray, by the way, thanks for the call. Three one, be, and be careful with the shotgun, buddy. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If you have any family traditions or weird traditions that you do, like getting drunk and pulling out a shotgun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So the you know I've had the creamed uh, herring as well. I've had the pickled herring and the creamed herring um, as well. Because at, at Simon's, it's a Swedish bar. Um, I I spent a few New Year's Eves at Simon's back in the days when I was a drinking man, and. Um, I can't tell you the number of times I've eaten uh, herring, uh, and it's supposed to it's supposed to bring you good luck. Do you think it ever worked? I don't know. I like herring, so I've, I don't. It's one of those things I've never had. I don't think. Uh, it's I for some people it's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. I happen to think it's great, okay. especially especially the creamed herring. Cream, okay, cream herring. I will really have good. to try it then. Right out of they would pass the jar around, and we would just pull the herring out of the jar, eat it, and pass it down the bar. Fair enough. But that's supposed to bring you good luck. You're also in another weird sort of a New Year's Eve. There's a lot of weird New Year's Eve traditions. Um, my mom does this thing on New Year's Eve where she puts. I don't know where this comes from. I don't know what the origin is. Maybe somebody knows three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. They know the origin of this kind of uh, tradition. On New Year's Eve, you're supposed to put a coin on every windowsill in your house. And that means that the good luck thing is that you know you put the coins on uh, on the windowsills. Maybe someone knows this where, where this tradition comes from. I I'm, I don't know, but my mom does it. Um, so you put a coin on the windowsill of every one of your windows in your house, and it's supposed to keep money, keep you uh, money safe all year. It's supposed to keep the money coming in for the whole year. That's, that's what, what it's I need a, to that's do. That's what it's supposed to that's do. That's absolutely what I need to do. So I don't know. Uh, where that comes from, but yeah, a coin on every windowsill in your house or apartment, and then that's supposed to help you have money throughout the year. I'll tell you something. Uh, it didn't always work out when I was growing up. I can tell, tell you that much. <laughs> that's a very spotty working tradition. Uh, yeah, so... 312-981-7200 if you got any weird traditions or if you know where that coin on the windowsill thing comes from or if you've done that. 312-981-7200. we got a couple of more uh, strange traditions from the USA. And uh, if you want to join us with your family tradition or weird traditions where you come from, 312-981-7200. And if anyone knows where the coin on the windowsill thing came from, I'd love to know the origin of it. All right, that's all coming up right here on 720 WGN. Give us a call. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio here until 4. 
Um, uh, my guest after one o'clock is Herb Weisbaum. He's the best. Uh, he's our consumer guy. You can check out consumerman.com. We've got consumer related news stories that we're going to talk about, and he is here to help you out with any of your questions and concerns about consumers or scams or any of that money situation stuff. Uh, if you've got uh, questions, he's here. He's an expert, and he's here to help. Uh, you check out ConsumerMan.com, Herb Weissbaum, after 1 o'clock. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. So we've been talking about some strange traditions uh, here in America. We've got some bizarre traditions, and asking uh, you if you or your family have uh, some strange or offbeat traditions. 312-981-7200, that's the phone number, and we would love to hear from you. And if anybody knows where the origin of that uh, tradition that my mom does on New Year's Eve, where she puts a coin on every windowsill in the house, because it's supposed to bring you financial happiness throughout the year, uh, I don't know what the origin of that is. And if anybody has done that tradition uh, or, or something like that, uh, I would love to hear where it, com- com- where it comes from. 312-981-7200. All right, here is uh, Alex on WGN. Go ahead, Alex. Hey, how are you, Nick? All right. Uh, so my family has a weird uh, post-Thanksgiving tradition that we always do. So we usually eat between noon and 1, and we have the big turkey and all the stuffing and everything else. And then come 8 or 9 o'clock at night, everybody's hungry again. So we make... Thanksgiving leftover pizzas at that point. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll give a shout-out to the Southside S&T Pizza. They have a pizza crust setups and whatnot. So we either get those, you know, the pre-made pizza crust. Right. And then you and then you take the jelly, the canned jellied cranberries, because that's the only type of cranberries that we eat, and you spread that out like it's your pizza sauce. Then you throw your leftover turkey, you know, your mashed potatoes, your stuffing, your gravy, and you top the whole pizza off with uh, cheddar cheese, and you bake them off. And that's what we eat at, like, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock at night. That's interesting. The Thanksgiving pizza. And it's delicious. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. I would eat that. I would eat that. I would eat that in a minute. All right, that's a cool tradition. All right, Alex, thanks. Have a good one. All right, 312-981-7200 if you have any uh, interesting family traditions or traditions where you come from. We've been talking about um, some of the weird traditions in the U.S., and we got a couple of more here to jump into. Um, but I'm sure you have a tradition with your family or your friends. Here's uh, Jim on WGN. Hi, Jim. Hey, how's it going? All right, what's up? Um, the windowsill deal, I heard back in the old country – that that was supposed to be an offering to the leprechauns to bring good luck. Leprechauns would be out in the forest or out in the, you know, whatever, and you put coins to offer to them, and they would always bring you good luck into the house. So this goes back to Ireland? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ireland and I I don't know what other countries. And then I have a... Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, it's got to be Ireland because leprechauns are, you know. Right. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> yeah. Well, with, with, with my wife, my wife is German, Polish, and Italian. Mm-hmm. And she had a wives' tale, or her family did, that when you, before you get married, you're supposed to put $100 into her brassiere, 
And then that way she would always have money coming into the house and she would always be bringing money into your house. Okay. I never heard that before. Well, well, when I, I, I said, well, what the heck? But the thing was, I didn't have a hundred dollars. I only had $50. Uh-huh. So I put $50 in a brassiere. 15 to 20 minutes later, I get a call that they want to buy a pickup truck that she had for sale that wasn't running, and they gave us $300 for it. Wow. That wasn't the bad part about it. I figured since we're getting married and we get half, I gave her another $100 into her uh, bra, and I kept the rest. And here's the part that I say is still coming true. She's on disability right now. I don't work. With all this stuff going on nowadays with people being laid off and everything else, yeah, her disability is bringing money into our house. I haven't missed a house payment yet. All right, so I guess people should start putting money in their bras. <laughs> I guess that's the, that's the message there. Jim, thanks for the call. 312-981-7200. We've got a couple more of these here. Bizarre traditions. Pumpkin chucking. This happens in Delaware. Not only are pumpkins used as an ingredient in a dizzying array of several uh, seasonal dishes with total disregard to the sacred division between sweet and savory, but these huge orange squashes are also ceremoniously lobbed into the air as far as possible as part of an old-time ritual. The country's original and largest pumpkin chucking contest, Pumpkin Chuckin', uh, Punkin Chuckin', is held annually in the state of Delaware. Contestants use... Uh, catapults or air cannons to make those pumpkins fly. The furthest traveled four thousand six hundred ninety-four feet. That's a distance. That's quite the distance. Jeez. I on that topic, I actually in high school built one of those ten-foot catapults for pumpkin chunking. Yeah. And my dad disassembled it before I ever got a chance to use it. All right. I was just I was I'm still upset about it. I think that's why I brought it up. If he's listening, I'm still mad about it. Uh-huh. I never got the pumpkin throw. Well, where, where were you going to do it? Indiana. In Indiana? Yeah. My buddy lived right by a field out there at the time, so we just figured we could throw him into the field without any repercussion, because I had the a pickup truck, and we it, we built it to fit in the bed of my pickup truck to get it there. Mm-hmm. So, never got a chance to do it, but maybe in the future I'll right. get lucky. Well, you can go to Delaware. That's, that's, that's where they have the big uh, state of Delaware pumpkin chunkin'. Uh, and then the imperial system, the practice of using feet in inches, pounds and ounces and pints and gallons, was passed uh, to the U.S. by the British, modified slightly, and has stood the test of time in the face of strong opposition. The rival metric system um, emerged in the 19th century. Uh, a periodical published in Ohio in the 1880s defended the traditional system as, quote, a just weight and just me- a just weight and a just measure. Uh, which alone are acceptable to the Lord. Despite the fact that the metric system was formally sanctioned by Congress way back in 1866, the U.S. remains the only industrialized country in the world not to have adopted it as the official system of measurement. I always find that fascinating, that it was like the USA was like, no, we're not doing it. Yeah, everybody. Like, I, I remember in the 70s, they tried to, they gave it a big push when I was when I was going to school in the 70s. They gave it a, a, a really, really big push and uh, we had to learn, you know, uh, how you know we had to learn the metric system. It was it was assigned to us in school because 
the U.S. was eventually going to switch over to the metric system. And so we had, like, classes where we had to, you know, convert everything to, to the metric system. And so as a result, we learned the metric system. We were one of the last generation, you know, to be taught the metric system. Did you retain any of it to this day? No. Nah, I thought so. Um, I didn't. I don't. I haven't retained anything from anything I went to school for. <laughs> same. Absolutely <laughs> so. same. You don't remember. You don't remember how to do the conversion from Fahrenheit to Celsius? No. Because mm. again, don't feel bad. Because again, I mean, America is like no, no Celsius. No, it's no not, thanks. It's not no, happening. We're not here. doing the metric system. Think we'll ever get there eventually? No way. Everyone in the world is using the metric system. Well, it's all over the world. It's meters and kilometers. I know. It's not going to happen here. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Here. I guarantee you. Hey, we did one concession. The speedometer does miles per hour and kilometers per hour. Yeah. Well, I guess if they're going to if you're going to drive overseas, that's what the you only have to go as far north as Canada. Yeah. Their metric. Yep. So that that it'll tell you exactly how fast you're going. In in you know, <laughs> uh, kilometers per hour. So, but yeah, no, it, it's it's. I just thought, I always thought it was really funny because I mean they really pushed it when I was in school. I mean you know we had to take classes to learn it, and um, I mean it was going to be a thing. They made a big deal out of it. It was like news stories. It's like okay, we are converting America. This is a big thing for the entire country. We're converting to the metric system. Never happened. Just a big ruse, I guess. Well, the U.S. was like, no, we're not going to do this. Everyone was just like, that's not happening. It's too hard for us. We're we're comfortable with what we have. Yeah. I mean, I I guess teaching an entire nation how to relearn unit of measurement would be real hard. Hey, we can't even get people to do a 24-hour clock. Absolutely. And that's really pretty easy. Yeah. Well. Speak for yourself. I still have a problem telling a regular clock. Yeah, well, you know what? It's really strange because, like, uh, you know, you think about kids right now. When they look at a clock, can they tell time? Uh, when you look at a regular clock face, because everything is digital now. Yeah, the analog clock. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if, I don't, I don't know anyone that young that would, I'd have to question about telling time. But yeah. I'd imagine not because your phone's digital. Your everything is. Watch everything. Yeah. Sit a kid down in front of an old rotary phone and get ready to laugh. Well, we've had people call in on rotary phones. And they prove it by dialing because it goes. You get yep. to hear that sound. So. But how many kids would know how to use one now? Uh, you've, you've, there are videos like that online right now. People, kids, even looking at Walkman and not knowing what the hell it is. So, all right, uh, we got a break here for the news, and then Herb Weissbaum, the consumer man, is going to join us. Uh, so uh, let's do this. Nick Vigilio here on 720 WGN. We are uh, live in the uh, Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock. Uh, 312-981-7200 is our phone number. If you have a consumer-related concern or question, call the Team Hochberg uh, phone line right now because Herb Weissbaum is about to join us to answer any and all of your consumer-related questions and concerns. Uh, 312-981-7200. Uh, also coming up, we got some uh, very strange uh, news stories that um, 
that are definitely not the onion, but we've got some very weird news stories that we're going to talk about. Uh, we always play back some uh, classic comedy from um, the Johnny Carson show. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV. And uh, we play back some classic comedy, whether it be a sketch or some stand-up or an interview. And we're going to bring bring back my favorite, Karnak the Magnificent from 1988. And uh, we'll play back some Karnak the Magnificent. And uh, we will not be doing our regular Friday features, except for you, Big Dummy. We will be doing you, Big Dummy. But we will not be doing the regular Friday features. Uh, Tom is off this morning. And uh, so that's kind of his department. Brendan is filling in. His first show he's ever uh, produced. But we will do you, Big Dummy. And we're going to talk about some uh, pretty unbelievable and weird weather records. 312-981-7200 is the phone number here on WGN. Uh, Herb Weisbaum is the consumer man. And he joins us once a month to help you out with your consumer issues and talk about some of the consumer news. And here's Herb. Hi, Herb. Hi, Nick. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you, sir? We're doing great, thank you. Been having some nice weather here in Seattle, so we've been enjoying it. Oh, there you go. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, tell, tell us about uh, Herb. <laughs> well, Herb has been covering the consumer beat for various uh, national news organizations for about 40 years now. I'm currently the contributing editor at Checkbook.org. They publish a magazine there in the Chicago land, Checkbook, where they rate products and services. I have my own website, ConsumerMan.com, where you can find all of my stories listed and to sign up for my weekly free weekly newsletter if you want to keep up to date on what's going on. And I'm also the consumer reporter at KOMO Radio in Seattle. So wearing a lot of hats and keeping busy. Yeah, well, that's good. That's really good. Wow, forty years you've been doing this, Herb. How did this? How did you get into the consumer? We've talked about this a little bit, but let's remind. How did you get into this uh, consumer uh, help business? Well, I was a general assignment reporter, like uh, most people start out with, and it really got tedious covering murders and fires, quite frankly. And I wanted to do something to help people and use the medium for the power that it had. And uh, I just started gravitating when I had the opportunity to expand my wings a little bit, the stories that help people. I didn't really think I want to be a consumer reporter or an investigative reporter. It was like, we should do stuff that helps people. And so I started doing that kind of thing, and it just blossomed from there. And uh, I've, I've enjoyed every bit of it. It's, I hear from your listeners every time we're on the air, you know, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Or I was going to do this you save me some money and you know a lot of bad guys are out there trying to rip us off steal our money get our personal information every time somebody can get informed and just uh, know to hang up the phone or not respond to the email i count those little victories so it's uh, it's really good by the way did you have a nice vacation uh, uh i didn't have a vacation oh it's just, i thought you were on vacation in august uh no I, I, yeah, I, yeah, you know, I used to take, oh, yeah, I did. I did take a big boy. Oh, boy, yes, I did. I took a week off. It's just very, I don't, time is just weird now. <laughs> well, since I spoke to you last in August, right before your vacation that you don't remember, um, I decided to do something really bold and daring. What's that? I got a haircut. Oh, you got a haircut. Hadn't done it since COVID. So that was the first haircut since uh, March. Wow. I saw Make the sure picture. I... I saw the picture you forwarded. Yeah. Pretty scary, isn't it? You, you look good, Herb. More hair than I had in college. Uh, I made sure it was the first appointment in the morning, the only person in the salon. Uh, she had a mask on, uh, and, a, and, a, and I had a mask on, and they don't blow dry anymore or wash your hair, that kind of thing. And she said, what do you want? What kind of cut do you want? I said, a COVID cut. And she said, what's a COVID cut? And I said, I don't want to see you again in 10 weeks. Really <laughs> short. Got it. Oh, <laughs> uh, very good. Very, very, very good. Well, congratulations on the haircut, Herb. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we already have uh, someone who is calling in with a question. And again, oh, by the way, uh, you, you can also get Herb's newsletter. You could su- subscribe to the newsletter, correct, Herb? 
Yeah, just go to consumerman.com. It'll ask you to put in your name and email address. I don't share it, sell it, rent it, give it to anybody. You'll get an email from me, a newsletter once a week. With uh, I do Nick's podcast when I'm on. I do uh, different appearances across the country, the stories I do for Checkbook and the stories I do for Como. So you get a lot of important consumer information every single week, all for free. So go to consumerman.com, subscribe to that uh, newsletter. Here's Donna on WGN. Go ahead, Donna. Hi, Nick. My question to you, Herb, is how long do debts stay debts? Um, if I owe money to a credit card company and cannot pay them, I know that um, if if I waited out long enough, uh, the credit card information drops off my credit report after seven years. But after year 10 or year 11, do I still owe that money to the credit card company, or do they also say after seven years I don't owe the money? There are statute of limitations that uh, are different in every single state that indicate when a debt is an old debt past the statute of limitations. And it varies from state to state, uh, anywhere from uh, six years uh, to, uh, I think, 15 or 16 years, something like that. Um, I just wrote a story about that. Uh, It is on my website. It's called Dealing with Debt Collectors, and it actually gives you a link that tells you what the uh, various uh, deadlines are in your state or when when the debt becomes non-existent anymore. It's uh, three years to, to 15 years is the range. And uh, if you go to the website, it's, uh, it says some debt is too old to collect. You click on the link and you can look for your state, because I know, Nick, you have listeners in a lot of states. Uh, and it'll tell you what the exact uh, is in, in your area. And the reason why that's important is is because you get to that point in time and you uh, contact the debt collector, uh, the debt collector contacts you and you start uh, working with them, you can start the clock going on that debt again. So, in other words, if you're past the point of no return where they can't collect it anymore, you don't have to pay the debt if you don't want to. And if they were to sue you for the debt, you can go into court and your offenses, Your Honor, it's past the statute of limitations. I don't have to pay that debt. But if you start to talk to the debt collector, they can still call you if they want to and make, oh, I'll make some partial payments or I'll do something. If that resets the clock again and your whole statute of limitations thing goes goes back to zero, and you got to burn those years up again. So uh, you, if you want to go to the website, consumerman.com, click on the uh, story, Dealing with Debt Collectors, and go down where it says there about the debt expiring, and it'll tell you how long it is in your state, and it'll let you know what you need to know. All right, Donna. Thank you. Okay. Uh, we're going you know, to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk more about that article uh, that we were going to talk about it anyway, Herb. Um, yeah, she must plant. <laughs> yeah, Dealing with Debt Collectors, Know the Rules, Your Rights, and How to Spot a Scammer. Uh, And uh, we'll give you all that details and all that stuff uh, coming up here.